Okay, everyone, welcome to another episode of Fast Women. I am Nicole Wakeland. And I'm Eileen Falkenberg Hull. And we are ready to talk about all things cars. We get everything from giant SUVs down to really super efficient electric vehicles. So we're covering the entirety of the automotive market today, right? Pretty we much. are. We are. We're yeah. covering three-row SUVs, three-row SUVs with a little more junk in the trunk, two-row yeah. SUVs powered by electrons, and some Nashville hot chicken because that's how we roll. Oh, Nashville hot chicken. I love that stuff. It's so good. It's so good. All right, so let's get right into it. So I have had the opportunity over the last few weeks to drive a bunch of three-row SUVs. And I think they're SUVs that you've actually driven before. So we'll talk about them because that's what we do here. Um, Let's go. Yes. So I have driven the Kia Sorento, which is their three-row SUV. Um, Obviously, they're all three-row SUVs. I don't know why I said that. Um, We drive the Chevy (laughs) Traverse, which you and I have a lengthy and somewhat storied history with. Traverse. I love it. (laughs) Okay. Go ahead. The the new Hyundai Palisade. I actually got on a road trip last week. So I got some actual time in it as opposed to the like 15 minutes you and I did with it in Asheville a few weeks ago. Yeah, um, and I have the Escalotov again in my driveway. Escalotov. This time it's a downmarket version of the Escalotov. It does not have Super Cruise, which is very disappointing. Oh. Oh, very how disappointing. Gauche. How gauche to buy an Escalotov without Super Cruise? I, oh. I, I honestly can't imagine buying an Escalade without Super Cruise. Like just yeah. like an Escalade in general. So like you know that these are the struggles that we have in this yes. world. Um, these are our struggles. <laughs> so, <laughs> so which one do we want to talk about first? I'll let you choose. Oh, let's go with the Traverse. Okay, so the Traverse, it has been refreshed. That is the good news, because when you and I drove it, what, like five years ago now? It was a while ago ago now. I was just talking about this the other day, too. It comes up often, because we had one heck of an experience in it. Um, Not the best experience in it, but the Traverse itself was fine for five years ago. It was fine. I understood why people buy it, right? Yes. Totally understand that. Um, It's gotten far better. It's gone forward. They've actually addressed some of the things like in my initial review five years ago that I was <laughs> complaining about. And one of them, and it sounds like it doesn't, it isn't a big deal, but I distinctly remember driving toward Ann Arbor. This yes. is after we had stopped at the Ypsilanti Kroger at 6 a.m. to get me allergy medicine because I'd had an allergy attack from the hotel the night before. I remember that. You looked, <laughs> you were, you were messed that morning. <laughs> I was a mess that morning. Um, and not because I'd been drinking, but because I needed Benadryl. It was, exactly. it, was a, it was a puffy faced morning for me. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, so I remember taking the photo and it was of the vent area of the passenger side vent. And there were six, I think it was five or six different materials in the yes. space of like a six inch by six inch square. And it has this vibe like they're like, oh, we like all of these things. Which do we use? Let's not make a choice. Let's use them all. Yeah. It was like they had a battle and no one really won. It was just, they just employed them all. And yes. it really annoyed me because it felt very much like that's what Chevy was doing, was just saying yes for all the wrong reasons. There weren't mm-hmm. thoughtful choices. There was just execution. And this, I'm happy to report, a lovely dashboard spread, a Yay. simplified, streamlined, and attractive dashboard spread on the Ooh. new Traverse. And it's a little thing, but it's also one of the things that like I noticed right away. I was like, oh, they fixed it. So <laughs> that is nice. I like that. Um, it's got all the things that really families want. It's got 
LED lights. It's got the power lift gate, which is actually really nice, hands-free. And I did kick underneath and it worked the first time. And that's not a guarantee. I don't think I've ever in my whole life ever gotten one of those motions. Like I'm standing there waving my feet around like I'm having a seizure or something and I can never get them to work. I'm bad at them. Maybe maybe it's like like when you're in the restroom, you're trying to wash your hands and you're like, please recognize my hands. I need some water. That's how I am with the lift gate. It's like, please, I see my foot open up. So I remember when my husband and I were first dating and he came to visit me at work and he just popped in to see me and I didn't think I was going to see him like that whole entire week. And he popped in and I got so excited. I was like, oh my gosh. And like that, like that, like oh, that's exactly the same reaction I had when I got the door <laughs> open, <laughs> the rear Yay. lift gate open. I was like, oh my God, it actually worked. Um, which, you know, it doesn't say a lot about my emotion toward my husband, but it was, it was a very emotional <laughs> moment for me for the lift gate. It was like a sense of personal accomplishment. Uh, and it opened and, and it's got plenty of storage space. It's got the slide second row. Like you only find in like a lot of minivans, which I think is mm-hmm. really nice. That's um, a huge, it, that's like a vastly underestimated feature. It is so nice. It really is. It's really, it's really nice. I really enjoy that. And it's got a fair amount of uh, driver assist features. It doesn't have a lot. Like you can tell it's an older vehicle. They just refreshed, but mm-hmm. I really like it. And I hope I hope they bring Super Cruise to this because I do think that with Super Cruise, it'd be a tremendous package for families. As of right now, you know, you're paying like 60 for a top trim. That feels expensive to me. A little bit too much for what you're getting. Yeah. If you're paying like 45, 47 for a real, like that's where it feels comfortable to me. I don't think I would pay for like the soup. I mean, I drove the high country, um, which is the top trim, but it's a really good package. I really like, I really like the Traverse and I don't think, I didn't think before I drove it this time that I would ever say that about the Traverse. So well done Chevrolet. I'm so very well impressed. So part of what makes this feel kind of expensive is the competition. So like I, I'm thinking in my head of like the Palisade and how good that looks inside. What'd you think of the Palisade? So I like the Palisade more than I did when we drove it for 15 minutes. Yeah. I felt like, so you and I talked a lot about, and this, we might not even have talked on air about it, but we talked about it in person, the, the squidginess of the brakes. Yeah, how they were how they were really soft. I did yeah. not feel that as much when I drove it in person. Now we put about nine hundred miles on it, so it's I had like a good, good amount of time in it. Now I will say that it is it rides much more like the Traverse than it does the Sorento. You can feel it feels higher class. It feels more luxury. It feels more supple, and it's supposed to. That's a different. It's a different class of vehicle than the Sorento. Mm-hmm. But you really get comfortable in it. And I will say this. And you've met my father, so you can yes. attest to this. Yes, he did not complain at all about it. He well, wrote there it you go. That week. should be that should be on Hyundai's marketing. I mean, dad, no complaints. <laughs> he, he did not complain one bit. He didn't. He helped my dad is. I love my dad, but my dad's always like, "You should let them know." Blah blah uh-huh. blah. And I'm like, "This problem, no one else has, Dad. It's just you." <laughs> um, but yeah, so so he had no complaints, and and he was messing around with the heated seats, and he was adjusting the seats. And my dad's tall. He has mobility issues. He was able to easily get in and out, um, which is huge. Uh, I really, I really enjoyed it. I still do not like the looks of the shifter. It's that button mm. shifter and it's that silver color. Oh. And that really bothers me. And I don't know why it's a light, it's irrational, but it really does. I think it cheapens the look of the Palisade, but also Fair. please don't ever make it piano black. That's all I ask. Yes. <laughs> the fingerprints everywhere. They, it looks so pretty until you use them, anything, yeah. until yeah. you touch anything in the car. And then piano black is like, ew, this is nasty. Yeah. Not great. So, um, I, I, I really like it. I genuinely, I, I liked it more than I thought I did initially. It drives well. We had um, about, I think it was full at like 404 miles of range 
when we okay. picked it up at the airport. Yeah. Um, and you know, in Detroit, you pick it up, it's right next to the airport. So they didn't drive it far from when they filled it up to where they dropped it off for me to pick up. Right. And drove it about, I'm going to say it was like, I don't know, whatever it was, it had about a hundred more miles of range than I anticipated it having. That's like, good. It was more fuel efficient than I thought it would be the entire trip. And now, Which I isn't was, something you often say about a large SUV. Normally at the end of the trip, your response is, ooh, that costs a little bit more than I expected in fuel because it wasn't quite so fuel efficient as I had hoped. Yeah, I think in putting 900 miles on it, I think we maybe paid $70 total for gas. Now, in bad. Ohio, Pennsylvania, New York, and Michigan, gas prices are higher than they are, like where than where I live. Um, yeah. But that's not bad for 900 miles on the tank and the fact that we were running around, and it wasn't the most fuel-efficient trip either. It was stop and go. It was helping my dad get groceries. It was all that sort right. of stuff. Um, but I, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I would not hesitate in recommending the t- uh not the Telluride, or the Palisade, to people who are looking for a three-row supple SUV that is very much in the premium category. So what about the Sorento? Let's go to like a sister brand there. Yeah, so Sorento is a little bit smaller than Palisade, and you can definitely tell. Um, It's really interesting. So I did drive them back to back. So I drove the Sorento to the airport uh, in Atlanta, flew to Detroit, picked up the Palisade, and I was like, oh, the Palisade's quite cushy, blah, 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 you know, blah, 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 (laughs) as I do, and my poor husband having to listen and put up with me, and um, you really recognize the difference. When you go from something that is maybe a little cheaper in construction to something that is premium like that, and you you and I have Uh experienced this, when one week we have a car, like, like, I don't know, a Hyundai, accent or something and then we go to you know a mercedes-benz c-class you're like oh this is so quiet and so plush you really see the difference you see what makes a a higher offering higher there is a difference between the vehicles yeah and i don't think the general public really gets that a lot i think that Mm -hmm. they they very much you know because they're on their same vehicle and i know i've always joked that that's why buick sold so many buicks because they were getting out of their old Buicks and getting to the new Buicks. And they're like, oh, these are amazing. The rest of us are like, why are you buying that? Right, (laughs) right, 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 exactly. Modern Buick is slightly better than that, especially the Encore GX. But it's uh, it's one of those things where, you know, when you do enough of these like you and I do, you do really see the differences. That being said, I really like the Sorento. Yeah, I really do. I like the Sorento. I do too. I don't have, I don't take issue yeah, Sorento. I drove it in the top tier trim. So it was, you know, fully equipped with everything. And I drove just the regular, not the hybrid. So to okay. be very clear, um, it came in, I want to say, I'm trying to select it online. It was around $48,000, I think. So okay. it was about, I'm going to say about $6,000 less than the Palisade. Did it feel like a less, ex- like, did it feel that much less expensive than the Palisade? Did the price seem right or did one seem too low, one seem too high? So the interior didn't feel like it was less, but okay. the drive and the wind noise felt ah. like it was less. So it was more okay. engaging. It is smaller. It's supposed to be, but it definitely, yeah. it rode a little harder, you know, and, and it, it's a different type of SUV. I imagine when you have it loaded down with kids, like most people who are in a Sorento are going to have like three or four people inside of it and right. luggage and hockey stick bags and like all that sort of stuff. But I do, it, it was definitely a different vehicle. And like me personally, if I'm going to get a vehicle that size, uh, if I'm going to go for a top tier trim, I'm just going to buy the Palisade. Or just buy yeah. the Telluride. That's kind of the way I felt about it. But this is more fuel efficient uh, in most respects. Um, you can get it in a hybrid and a plug-in hybrid. So there are advantages to the Sorento that the Palisade yeah. and the Telluride don't have. But I really, I, again, I really enjoyed it. I think it's a really standout vehicle. I don't think it's as good as the Sportage. 
the Kia mm. Sportage. I think that's okay. a home run. Yeah, the Sportage but, is just a fantastic, fantastic vehicle. But I do feel like the Sorento is close. I think those are probably the two best vehicles that Kia makes right now. I'm like looking, the EV6 is good, but I do think that the Sorento really hits home for its audience really well. Is it Dodge Journey? The Dodge Journey, right? I would think about that. Like it's like 29,000. 29, like that, yeah. like like Dodge makes that like little, okay. So that's kind of the same class, right? So you're competing okay. with that. So I look at that and say, would I pay like $10,000 more? Yes, I'd yeah. pay $10,000 more. Okay, well, let's take a break and come back and talk about some really fancy high-end three-wheel SUVs. Yes, with more junk in the trunk. More junk. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Okay, everyone, we are back and we are still talking giant three-row SUVs, but this time we're talking SUVs that are big and pricey. These are luxury vehicles. Eileen, what giant three-row SUV that's full of luxury did you drive? I drove the Escalade of. Yes, which other people might call the Escalade V, but Escalade of. Escalade of. Now, I didn't drive the extended wheelbase. You've driven the extended wheelbase version of it. Yes. This is the shorter uh-huh. one. Um, I still think it's fine. I haven't changed my opinion, having spent more time in it now. Um, it's fine. Like, it's an Escalade with a larger engine. Like, that's genuinely just how I feel about it. Um, I'm really that's happy there's not- That's kind of what it is. I'm really happy there's not Alcantara and suede everywhere. Like, that's 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 really where Wait, I feel you, like the, most, you the like biggest passion anti- point about it. Are you anti-suede stuff inside of a car? Now, I will I say like this. We, suede stuff. We have a, a an acquaintance who mm-hmm. has at one point said they didn't like Alcantara because it made their skirt fall up all the time. Is that why you don't like it, Eileen? No, it's not at all. I have other reasons. I just don't like it. Like I just don't like it at all. I like it when it's, you know what? I love it when it's on the headliner because just soft. Like if I'm stressed, okay, that's fine. Like, touch the headliner. Touch the headliner. It's like that's a fine. fluffy little bunny. Just touch the headliner. <laughs> Nicole's over there stroking her bunny headliner. And uh-huh, I, yeah, exactly. I am just not for it. I don't care for it at all on the dashboard area i no, hate on it the there. dash because it collects dust like the dust you yes. normally get on your plastic or leather dashboard it that you can wipe off you have to like vacuum it off if it's any kind of alcantara or suede anything on there it's a pain in the butt yeah i don't like that i don't like it on the steering wheel i just it i think looks it looks gross after my, a while it does and it makes my hands feel like i need to constantly be washing them like they it's like an extra layer of griminess <laughs> i don't need in my life so I just, I choose no on the steering wheel. You choose no. I choose no. And on the seats, I just don't care for it. I just, I just don't like it. I just don't like the way it looks. I don't like the way it feels. I have strong, strong opinions about Alcantara on if, the seats. If you could just see her face, she's got this imperious, like, and there I've said it. That's it. I don't like it. <laughs> Everybody stuff it. That's, how, that's where I am. <laughs> I like I, it. I don't like it on the steering wheel. I don't like it on the dash. Headliner, seats, I'm fine with it. Because it's also not as cold 
Like when you get yes. into a freezing cold car it, and it's leather, <laughs> you, yeah. you feel that that leather is is zero degrees. That the Alcantara or same thing with cloth seats when they're as long as it's not leather, but like vinyl seats or or like just boring cloth. Blech. But if you have fancy Alcantara, you don't freeze your tuchus and it looks pretty. I will say this. I had a Navigator when Navigator, this generation of Navigator launched. So again, like 2017, like around the same time yeah. that, uh, I think it was 2018, around the same time that Traverse launched. And it had a, what they called, I think, Arctic white headliner, Alcantara Ooh. suede headliner. Sounds beautiful, but it's a was large it vehicle. So everyone touches the A-pillar when they go to get in. So you had like what looked like a poo smear color on on that and you can't clean it and i remember saying something in my review about how like it just was dirty and it was gonna be dirty because there's no grab handle and that's just the way it is and and i and navigate the lincoln people were like well maybe that's not the way it has to be and maybe you can just not touch that i was like well maybe it's just dirty because you made a white one so like that's what i think of everybody touches the car yeah like it's just it's so if you're going to get alcantara or a suede headliner don't opt for white if you think you might be touching it and i tend to think like if your windows are down i feel like it's going to get dirty around the windows too i don't have facts to back that that up but i feel like it is just in general, any kind of like truly white interior, I am anti-white interior because although they look really nice, those light colors are really impressive on the interior of a car. They collect every scrap of dirt, even if you wear like dark navy jeans or not even dark jeans, just regular color jeans, you eventually see the blue jean color. Even if it's leather, you see that, especially in the sort of creases that develop in see it they look really filthy over time and dirty. And I'm not for light colored, super light colored spots where either you're sitting because your jeans bleed onto them or where you're touching something because your hands eventually get all this grime on it. Ugh. I will say I agree, but my favorite Rolls Royce that I have ever seen was a Rolls Royce that had it was a Dawn, so it was the convertible, and it had a white interior, so the white supple leather interior of the Rolls Royce Dawn with the turquoise, like this beautiful ocean blue. I was going to call it rimming, but that's not the word. It's it's the it's the 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 piping on the yes. outside of the vehicle. There um, you go, and the Rolls Royce logo on on the white, and then the body of the Dawn was this. It's like sunset orange color. And it had well, that I'm sure. really like Chris Craft boat back. And I was like, this is gorgeous. But again, I was like, but I can't sit in it in jeans. Like it was going to have to be my Tommy Bahama khakis and nothing else. Right? That's the thing. You couldn't. So I actually drove a vehicle somewhere in between the price of a Rolls Royce and a and <laughs> the uh, Escalade. Clearly much closer to the Escalade. I was in the Jeep Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer long wheelbase. So once again, could we make the giant vehicle gianter? Because yes, everybody in America wants to be, and it's surprising that people really do are like, oh no, they're not in touch with the American public. I'm like, I don't know. People love their great big SUVs. Like SUV people that buy three row big vehicles, they want them like as big as you can possibly get them for whatever reason, people, cargo, whatever. Um, so we drove this one. This it's most of that space. It's not that you're suddenly getting a lot more room for passengers. You get more cargo room, so you have a lot more cargo room in the back. So if you're someone who often has like a full load of people and you have a ton of stuff, this the long wheelbase is going to give you more room for all of your stuff. It still has all the luxury, like in every way. It's just like the 
not long wheelbase versions of this. It's just gets longer wheelbase and you get new engines this year. You have the hurricane engine. I feel like we should have a sound effect. Like, <laughs> that's my hurricane. That's all I got. Your hurricane sounds a lot like a tumbleweed. I'm going to be honest okay. with you. You know what? <laughs> Fine. The tumbleweed engine. No, the hurricane engine. Hurricane, um, which there's two different, um, there's a standard output and a high output. So the standard output one is what you get in the Wagoneer and the high output one is what you get in the Grand Wagoneer. And they're fantastic engines, actually. They were very, very fun to drive. Um, you could be entirely too aggressive on the accelerator and the thing just took off, which is sort of impressive for a vehicle that, again, is the size of a tank. These are huge. They're not, these are big vehicles. In fact, we, um, I may have kidnapped the head of the brand and we went for cookies at Crumble because I'm, I'm like a Crumble cookie fan and he never had them. Like, off we go. Wait, wait, wait. Crumble. Jim's never had Crumble cookies? Jim has never had, I know that like he, the man has a serious sweet tooth. He'd never had crumble cookies. So I realized there was one as we were driving back from the event to the hotel after the drive day, like practically around the corner. So we went to crumble cookies and got crumble cookies and I had to park in the parking lot though. And mm. it was like, wait a minute, all those spots are too small. I'm going to ruin his car and he's right here and it's like his car. So I should probably not ruin the car with him in it. So it was a little bit stressful parking it because um, it is big. And even in the spot, it still feels like it's not a little bit because it's so long. And I'm thinking, nope, can't go any further in or I'm kissing the car that I'm parked next to. So um yeah, so it was. It's very fun to drive. I like it. I mean, I'm I'm not a fan of long wheelbase vehicles because they just feel unwieldy to me. Me personally, they're just big. But if you're someone who needs that cargo room, they're a fantastic option. Like I wouldn't get it unless for some reason you were on the regular going with. Like I have my son's entire hockey team in the car with me, and I need to put all of his stuff in the back. <laughs> does it Does it lose towing capacity compared to oh, the gosh. regular Wagoneer? Because like, I'm just know. thinking, like, if you're traveling and you have, like, an RV sort of tra camper trailer attached to it, and then you yeah. want to, like, get extra stuff because you're going on the road with your family, like, that could be a really... Because Jeep vehicles are known, and Dodge vehicles, kind of Stellantis as big vehicles, are known for really having really good towing capacity. And I can just think that, like, somebody who's got a trailer, maybe you're traveling out west, or you're traveling long distances, you know, you're taking your dirt bikes for the weekend, and you need extra space... It, I feel like you probably don't lose a lot of towing capacity. A lot of times you don't because it's based on engine and frame as opposed right. to like the length of the vehicle. But I, I can see where this would be really practical for families that are bigger families that are really on the go and, and, and have these needs. We don't talk about that, right? We don't talk about the travel trailer family. We don't talk about the people that go camping every weekend. But that is a lifestyle that people lead, especially that's, out west. That's truly the thing. So when you look at these vehicles and like people talk about like long wheelbase versions or just big vehicles in general. And the idea is like, I don't know, nobody needs that. Well, you don't need that. Maybe you don't need that living in the city. Maybe you don't need that with just two kids and you never really do like outdoorsy adventures. But if you have a larger family you have larger cargo needs. You're someone who tows a trailer because you're either you're towing a boat or you're towing like up here. You see people towing like little snowmobiles all the time in the winter, or you've got a horse trailer you're hooking up or whatever. If you actually regularly use a trailer, having a great big SUV that you can put stuff inside that you can hook the trailer up to and you can put the family in and it's competent enough to do it that you don't feel like, oh God, this is, this is torture driving this because if you max out a vehicle, it's, you know, and it's not really, 
good at towing, like even if the number's there, if it's not comfortable towing it, if you're constantly at the edge of what you can tow, it's not fun to drive those vehicles. So I feel like, yeah, there's, there's a definite market for this. And this, the upscale one, like you don't want to have to buy something cheap. You want to buy something that feels like a luxury sedan, but you need this big thing. I, this, this is the way to go. I like it. You like it. You like it better than you like the Navigator? We spent a lot of time in the Navigator um, recently. You know, I, yeah, I like the Navigator as well. I don't have a, I don't have a problem with the Navigator. They're, they're sort of different stylistically. Jeep is, they're both luxury. Navigator tries to be a little bit more refined about things. And mm-hmm. traditionally, I feel like Jeep gives you a little bit more rough. It's still very luxury, like fancy materials and all that. But just the look of it is a little bit more rugged, a little bit more like getting out there in the country doing stuff. And also you've got capability in the Jeep. I mean... If you actually want to, I don't see very many people doing hardcore off-roading in their $100,000 car, but you could. And, you know, you're not going to get stuck. You're, you're unlikely to get stuck in most of the places that you want to go. Like the, the capability you get in a Jeep, that gives it an edge over the Navigator. And one last question for you. Is it easier to keep between the lines than the Navigator? Because the Navigator is big. And like you and I know, like driving it, it was a pain to keep in the lane. Like it was, it was, a, it was a whole thing. Yeah, no, we felt, you know what? I remember driving, when you were driving that, it was like, God, it felt like it was just kind of all over. No, I did feel, and I can't give you a reason why. I don't know what is, like, this is what makes this different. It's easier, but it was, it does, the only time it felt its size was trying to put it into a parking spot. Then it felt huge. When you're just driving it on the road, doesn't feel its size in the best way possible. Very easy to steer, very easy to keep in its lane. Never has that overly like sway back and forth thing. Like if you change lanes at high speeds, some SUVs make you feel like you're like, woo, like you feel that sway when you change lanes. No, it's very, very stable. Fabulous. All right. When we get back from break, we'll talk about another stable vehicle on the road that I drove a couple months ago. You finally drove and some hot chicken. Hot chicken. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And we are back again, and we have left the gigantic, ginormous three-row SUVs behind us, and we're moving on to something entirely different that Eileen drove a while back in Spain. I think I'm getting the right country. I Spain was in or Italy. Sp- I was in Spain, not Italy. It was. It was. I was in Madrid. So again, okay. back to Madrid. Um, and I drove it on a racetrack. I so I am very interested to hear how our experiences in it different and what we think differently because my experience in the absolute downpour of the rain in Spain oh, on a racetrack is going to be very different from your hot, sunny day in, in I would Tennessee. Imagine. So the vehicle we're talking about is a 2023 Nissan Aria, which is an all new EV from Nissan. As you can tell, like Eileen drove it a while ago. It was April when she drove this. This is now October. So clearly production delivery hasn't quite gone as Nissan planned, which is a little unfortunate. I, I think it was a stronger offering if it had come out then than it had come. I almost feel like it's being overshadowed because there's so many other EVs and there's just this constant flow of new vehicles coming out. I really like the Aria. I think it's especially for a Nissan. 
Like it feels more upscale inside. It's still a Nissan. Don't think you're getting into a Mercedes, but it's, it's a nicer, more comfortable interior than I would have traditionally expected from a Nissan. And I like Nissans. I don't have a problem with them as a rule. Yeah. So it's the same size as a Murano, basically. Mm-hmm. And Muranos are known that people buy them because they have a strong engine and because they are comfortable. Like that mm-hmm. is a car that you can set out across the country in and your butt is not going to get tired. And I mm-hmm. felt like Aria held true to those two things. It's got yeah. great power. It's comfortable. It's upscale. Like you get into it and you're like, this is nicer than any Nissan I have ever been in. Exactly. Like comparing it to the rest of their offerings, it's like, wow, okay, you guys, you stepped up your game. Like they really did a good job. One of my favorite things, and this this is like a little thing, but it's a huge thing. And it's not like you have to go all the way to the top trim in the lineup to get it either. They have a sliding center console. So there's a little button on the drivers, like on the side of it next to the driver, and you just toggle this little button back and forth and it can move way forward or it can move pretty far back. So it's almost far enough back that it's like you can't rest your arm on it really comfortably. Like it's out of the way. That's really neat because it's one of those things when you're driving, if you've ever had an armrest or center console or something that's not the right spot, it's awkward. You're like almost like crooked. Like you'll have one arm up on the window, you know, on on one side, you can't get comfortable. I thought that was a really neat feature and it opens up all the space in front of it. Like it makes the thing feel cavernous. It does. And I think especially as we live in an, an increasing age where we're showing up and buying things that are either being delivered to the car or we're doing a drive through whether it's food or you're picking up, you know, your bag from Lowe's or your bag from Home Depot or Walmart, and you kind of have to get it in your car fast. Um, you just throw it between the seats and throw it between the front seats. It mm-hmm. keeps that, or even your purse as a woman, keeps that passenger seat open. And like, there's a lot yeah. of times you and I are in the car together and we'll be going somewhere and like, we're like, okay, throw the purse in the back and it like hauls over the seat and yes. we don't see it again <laughs> until we stop. And like, I don't live in a state where there's toll booths, but I can imagine like if you've got to pay a toll, like trying to get your, like, it's just one of those things that's just easier to have that space in the front. Ionic has it, Chrysler Pacifica has it. I really mm-hmm. like the way Chrysler did that in the Pacifica. And I just think it's a really smart thing to do. It, it's just one of those things where you're like, somebody thought through this. Yes, it's like, it's a small, and oftentimes that's what sort of makes cars stand out. Like the the nuts and bolts of it are all solid and it does what it's supposed to, but it's the little details about a vehicle that make you think, okay, this one is cool. This is different than the other 10 things just like it because of this one small detail that makes your life much easier. The other thing that I really like that was a small detail on this is, and this is only on the higher trims, they have a drawer underneath the center console, like directly underneath the infotainment. You're sitting there, it looks like there's nothing. But then again, there's a button on the top of the center console that you press and this little drawer like pops out and it even has a little lid that you can slide back and you can fit a decent little amount of stuff. Like you could fit a couple of like women's larger, you know, wallets inside there and then you push the little button and it goes back but and you can stop it at any point you want so it's not like it's fully open and sticking out or fully closed if you want it half open because you just want to throw some things in there that you want to easily access where on your road trip or something you can do that if you want it closed because you put something in there and you want to keep it tidy and out of sight like when you park your car you can do that too so I thought those those like they're really small things but they I thought they were pretty cool I think that little drawer is perfect for anybody who has ever been on a road trip and gotten napkins that they then put in the glove box 
especially people with kids, because then you are driving and you are reaching across the car, trying not to like, because you've got a kid either throwing up or with a runny nose or a bloody Uh nose or has put their fingers in something they were not supposed to or the person next to them and has been like, (laughs) you know, little kids get their fingers sticky from like everything, poking each other, licking each other for no reason, like that sort of stuff. Like, I just feel like, like that's the perfect Kleenex and wipes like little location. Like to me, I was like, this is just perfect because you don't have to reach across the car. And I know that's so stupid, but like, to me, I was like, that, that just makes sense. Like that's a parent who's designed that. Even if you're not a parent, like how many, like I, I have, I have spilled my share of coffees in my lap in a car. Like, Correct. I so, have seen that you, happen. Yeah, right. <laughs> or you go to put, here's my favorite. You go to put the straw like in a soda and it's too full. And then the soda comes shooting out of the top all over. And suddenly it's, no, instead of having to lean over to the, and fiddle around trying to get something out of the glove box way over on the right side of the car, it's like, boop, there you go. There's your stuff. Clean up your mess. You're good to go. So like little features that I liked. I, I love those. And driving it is nice. It's very nice drive. You know, it's got that EV acceleration. Um, the only thing, I, the one thing that I really, really didn't like, I hate the trim lineup. It is mind boggling. You don't like Evolve, the names. The names, but the it's names. like, it can be, the names make it confusing. Like there's Engage and then there's Engage Plus. No, there's Engage and there's Engage E-Force, which is the all-wheel drive. Then there's an Engage Plus E-Force and then there's an Evolve and like there's pluses and there's E-Forces and there. It's confusing. It's confounding. I had to take it and write it out in front of me. I'm like, what? It just doesn't make sense to me. Well, and it's what part of this larger trend. And we, we complained about it with Kia EV6 because yeah. they do the same sort of thing. They're naming and they're like, oh, well, this one is the pure. Lo- I know. What the hell? Like, it's and, and just stop. Just I wish it was like level one, two, three. All wheel drive in level one, two, three. Like, why can't we just well, do and that? Also, like, when they do, ugh. when they call it like, because and if you look at their at the website, it says two. It's like, and I'm, I'm hopefully I'm getting the name, but it's like engage plus e force. You're like, what the heck is e force? Average e force is their all wheel drive. Just say engage plus all wheel drive. Like, don't, I get you have your marketing lingo, but it's confusing when you use it in the title of the car. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree with that. It's not great. I, um, one thing I did like, though, and speaking of E-Force, is the way that that car starts and stops, you're not shifting in your seat back and forth and jerking yes. back and forth, despite the fact it has a lot of horsepower and it does have immediate acceleration. It is a, yeah. you feel like you're gliding, even though the car itself is taking off. And yes. that is, especially compared to like the Mustang Mach-E GT performance where you are thrown back in your seat. Tesla yep. Model 3 is the same way. Uh, very different. Yes. This technology, what they have done with the E-Force technology is very impressive. And it lends itself to feel like a luxury experience in that drive. What, you know what else I really liked how they did? So they have um, ProPilot Assist has been around for a while. Mm-hmm. And ProPilot Assist is technically a hands-on and it assists you. It, the, the car knows that you have your hands on the wheel and it steers, but if you take your hands off the wheel, it gets angry at you and tells you to put your hands back in the wheel. They now have ProPilot Assist 2.0, which again, you're, you're moving towards the top of the lineup uh, to get that. But that's a hands-free driver assist. So you can take your hands off completely. So we got to play around with that. And I always feel like those are neat because you don't... like. The, the better it mimics a human driver, except for our propensity to, you know, drive into stuff and cause accidents, um, you want it to feel like it turns when you would turn, like on a curve. Because yes, if yes. It, it is even slightly off, it is super disconcerting. And you get that sensation, like if it was a human driver, you'd be like, whoa, 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 there's a turn. Like you think they're missing something. 
Um, I played around with that on the highway and I thought it was really good. I found it was really quite good at mimicking how I would drive. I never felt that sort of like, oh, it's gone too far before it's deciding to, to take that curve or it's stopping too soon. Even with changing lanes and go, you know, when it, when it was slowing down because of other cars and when I wanted to change lanes, it was very easy to change lanes. So I liked it. I thought they did a good job with this hand, you know, because the hands, that hands-free thing, some of them work well, some of them don't. And I was, this is the first time I really played around with it and I thought it was quite good. So I did not play around with it on the racetrack. That was not no. a place where I was able to play around with that it. That was not uh, one of the number of roads it's approved for use. <laughs> no, no. And so when I drove it, it was very much pre-production. It was very much that they um, they were actually not author. I think they were not road legal. I think that's why we oh, had wow. to do on the racetrack. So yeah, yeah. So, there, so, so there were some things that went along with that. Um, one of the things that you and I agree on about this vehicle is that it does not charge fast enough. And I think that no. is a huge problem. Now, the general consumer isn't really going to notice if they're just using it for daily errands, 30, 40 miles. Um, but when it comes to something, when comparing it, especially you'll see this as we write comparison articles and things like that versus Ionic 5 and EV6, yeah. it does. It gets hammered. It charges at 130 kilowatts, which is about half of what the speed that the Ionic Five and EV Six charge I, I believe at. is the, the Ionic Five and EV Six. I think I have written down. I hope this is right. Two hundred fifty kilowatts, which yeah. I think is right. Yeah. So um, that's that's significant. So it's like funny when you look at all the numbers. It's so confusing with EVs because you look at all the numbers and you see all these things. You're like, oh well, this one gets twenty to eighty percent of its battery in ten minutes, and this one takes twelve minutes. Yeah, but how big is the battery, and how far is the range, and really how quickly it can charge is what you're looking at. And this one charges more slowly than others so it's and it's not a deal breaker like Eileen said it's not something you're generally everyone's going to really notice but just in the grand scheme it does charge a bit slowly so now I have to ask you about hot chicken yes. because you were in Nashville we're going okay. to be in Nashville together next week so yes. I, I have questions that are going to be answered because if I, I'm a Hattie B's fan I am okay. throwing through so, a Hattie B's hot chicken fan. So listen, so Hattie B's there, we, we, they directed us to Hattie B's, but said sometimes Hattie B's has a really long line and we had, a, my flight got delayed for a thousand years. So I'm like, I'm going to go get hot chicken. And there was a huge line. And he said, if there's a huge line, walk by it to this, like inside, there's this like food court hall inside. Cause you're right on Broadway and you go up the, and there's a place called Prince's hot chicken, which is supposedly depending on who you want to, you know, have your fight with. The, more the original than Hattie B's. So we got Prince's hot check, chicken. It was really good. And I got a tiny little cornbread biscuit that was a uh, cornbread muffin that was really, really sweet. So I like the Prince's. Maybe we have to get like an order of Prince's and an order of Hattie B's and like sit down next to each other. See which is better. I'm here for it. And okay. I would be happy to be a part of that. So we can make that happen next week. We will be there to drive the Toyota Crown. And yes. maybe we can give the crown for the best hot chicken to one of those two places. Oh, but um, bum Nice. I know, done, right? I mean. Thank you. That's why they pay me the big bucks. <laughs> All right. And one more place you have on our show notes listed, Arrow Coffee Bar, Arrow Bar Coffee. So which, it's this little portable coffee thing. They like can go and host events and it's this tiny little, little trailer thing. And they had the cutest, tastiest coffees. It was really, really yummy. And what I loved about it was not only was the coffee, did it taste good? They came up with like themed names. Like, you know, how I was saying there was pro pilot assist. There was Pro Pilot Pumpkin, which was like their PSL. There was an electric chai. There was a haptic hazelnut. I was amused by the names. Come on, it's cute. I think it's I, cute when they do I, that. I, I do love it when they do it. So it's like cocktails, right? When you do themed cocktails, yeah. do themed coffee. I'm all for the themes. As long as it tastes yeah. good, I really don't care what it's And named. it was really good. I got the pumpkin one because I'm that person, the pumpkin, pumpkin for life when October gets here. So 
You are. You're very into it. You know what I'm going to do, though? And our audience doesn't know this. You and I have a running joke about cinnamon brooms. Yes. Because, you know, those like <laughs> scented cinnamon brooms that they have at the grocery store. You walk in, you're like, yes, it doesn't smell like fall until I smell the cinnamon no, the broom. Cinnamon broom. Mm-hmm. And I found, so I was on my road trip last week. I found a pumpkin spice scented <gasps> broom. I did not purchase it. Oh, but I, Eileen, missed opportunity. That doesn't mean there won't be one from Amazon coming to your house. I'm going to oh, be Jesus. honest. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> no, I haven't ordered one for you yet, but I saw that. I was like, and I sent you the picture, I think, where I was like, you pumpkin did. spice has entered the chat. Like, <laughs> anyway, all right. Aside from the brooms, when we come back from break, we will do our scorecard section and we will find out more about Nicole. Because I'll Uh-oh. be asking the questions this time. Uh-oh. Dum, Stay tuned. Dum, dum. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Okay, we are back, and this week we are doing scorecard, and it's my turn to just sit here and not know what's going to come at me because Eileen is asking questions. I, I've got some pretty tame questions for you. I'm going to be honest. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna ask. I always you anything. feel like this is when I'm like they've called on me to answer the one algebra equation that I don't know how to do in class. I like freeze. I'm like sitting here in a panic. I will say that I did have to warn my husband after the one last week where you were like, or I was like, should I take my husband or not? And he's like, yes. Why would you think you wouldn't be taking me? So I had to preempt last week's episode with a conversation sh- with my spouse. To make sure you were still married after it aired. That's I am. always good. I am, I am in fact still married. I have not received any paperwork otherwise. And he's, I can, I can see the room where he is sleeping. So we're good. Okay. Um, so for scorecard this week, we're going to do a little bit more travel centric because we haven't done okay. travel centric. Um, okay, go for it. Montana or Wyoming? Oh gosh, that's hard. Okay. I I have to pick one because of different reasons why I like each one. You have to pick like, one, ma'am. There's only one answer oh. to the math equation. Okay, I'm picking Wyoming because I haven't been there as much. And the one time that I drove through, it was so beautiful. But every place, I kept going around like a corner on this long drive. You'd come around the corner of the road and it looked like something right out of an old school cowboy movie. Like just so much, like it was from a cat. I'm like, so this is where those old John Wayne movies were trying to mimic. Like it just looks so cowboy, everything, the landscape. And it's really just beautiful, open country. And I feel like if I was going out there, I'm going out there to chill and I could just do nothing for a week in Wyoming. I agree with you. I enjoy Wyoming. I enjoy Jackson Hole a lot. I enjoy mm-hmm. Jackson Hole not during tourist season, which yes. is my favorite time in Jackson Hole. Um, but that's that's kind of where we're at. I, I, I too am a Wyoming devotee in terms of Wyoming. And I do feel like when it comes to Wyoming versus Montana tourism, I feel like Montana is a bit touristy right now. Like there's way more people. Like we drove up to Glacier last year and mm-hmm. – from missoula and like every town we stopped in was full of tourists and i was like this isn't the montana experience i want i want hostile like um 
people with like pickaxes who are going to like be mountain men. That's what I want out be of my Montana. Men. And you I didn't see, get that, but I get that in Wyoming. I get like exactly. people out of a Wrangler commercial when I, yes. and you know, I like cowboys anyway, but I feel like the entire state is out of a Wrangler commercial and I'm down it for is. that. It is. I, and I think I was just in the um, Jeep Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer that I drove for in Montana and it does, it's beautiful, but it does have a super tourist vibe going on. If you want to get out there where you feel like just cowboys, Wyoming. Okay, so, and this is, you have to pay attention to this. This is very specific. Would you okay, rather watch a, watch a sunset in the West with a glass of whiskey in your hand? Okay, well, this is specific. Sunset, or West, whiskey. Watch yeah. a sunrise in the White Mountains in the East with a hot latte in your hand. Uh, you're making really impossible choices because you're picking the things that I love. I know. Um, it's like I've met you before. <laughs> God. Sunrise, White Mountains, Latte. Okay, right now, I'm going to go with Sunrise in the White Mountains and a Latte because if I'm actually watching the sunrise and I'm in the White Mountains and I'm taking the time to drink a latte, I actually have a break that day. <laughs> the whiskey could be <laughs> happening. The whiskey could still be at the end of a crazy day that has it. But if I'm starting my day that way, that means I have a relaxing day in store and I need one of those. So sunrise in the white mountains with a latte. <laughs> okay. I, I completely understand that. Um, I, Which would I you do? I, Are you, you're not really a whiskey drinker. I, I mean, there's, there's tequila and vodka for everybody. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, I feel like there's a number say, of options available sunrise, to me. Yes. Sunset with the, with the alcoholic beverage of your choice in the West. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that there is something absolutely lovely about watching a sunset in Arizona like mm -hmm. so we were at that resort where they invented the tequila sunrise and I felt like having a tequila sunrise, watching the beautiful Arizona sunset. I was like, I could do this. Yeah. I could do this. It's often. really pretty for very specific weeks of the year because of the weather out there. Yeah. But I was like, for like two <laughs> weeks, I could really, really do this. A um, little as small number of days where your face yes. isn't going to melt off those days. The rest of them, I don't want anything to do with it. It's too yeah. hot. Right. But like, there's something about that where I'm just like, oh, that'd be good. Or like we yeah. had the hot coffee when we did the hike in Hawaii to the sunrise yes. area yeah. on the east east coast of Kona. That was just amazing. That was like, like that beautiful. was, that, that I'll do a sunrise for. I would do so. that, yes. I would drive out into the middle of nowhere for that sunrise is pretty much what we did. <laughs> That's exactly what we did. Okay, next question. Um, back on the latte train, because I have met you okay. before, would uh -huh. you rather have, Yes. there's four different types of lattes, which would you rather have? Oh God. Lavender cardamom, honey, rose, or a combination of either of any of those. Good Lord. Okay. You know what? Because places never have it. Cardamom. I feel like that one's harder to find. So if you're offering me a cardamom flavored latte, because honey ones are kind of common. Rose, I'm kind of like, eh, I love lavender, but you see them more frequently now. Cardamom, not as common up here. So if I can get myself a good cardamom latte. Maybe a where? lavender cardamom. That'd be good. Where were we with you had a cardamom? I feel like we were, was that the place we stopped on the way to Asheville? That you had a cardamom latte? Right, because you never see them. They're like so, and it was delicious. Yeah, that cute little coffee shop. And I, because you very rarely see them. So when I see one, I tend to get those because cardamom is really good, like in baked goods and in coffee. They use it a lot in uh, Sweden, Norway, up that, that region of the universe. And it's, oh, the pastries are really good. 
I will be in Sweden in a few weeks and I will have a cardamom well, pastry and think of you. Seek out a cardamom pastry for me. Yeah, I will do that. I will do that. I will say that I want none of those. I am a no fancy flavors latte person. I will take vanilla and be done with it. Um, okay. <laughs> that's the way I feel about that. <laughs> um, so I'm going to two different places next week. You're going to two different places next week. Um, we'll both yes. be in Nashville together. I yes. will start my week in Santa Barbara, one of our yes. favorite cities. Um, uh-huh. You're going to be in Manchester, Vermont. Yes. Out of the out of Santa Barbara or Nashville. And I'm saying not Manchester, Vermont, because you live close enough that that's kind of like your natural environment. That's my backyard. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So Santa Barbara or Nashville, where would you rather spend a week of your time? A whole week? Okay. You know what? I'm going to say Nashville. And I don't mean downtown Nashville on Broadway in the crazy with, as Dan at Nissan calls them, the woo girls who are like, woohoo. Oh, and anyone that's their- wearing a bachelorette sash. Yeah, like yes. I don't, I, I don't want to, I don't want to spend my week. I, but the area, like outside of that, and as soon as you get, like even in you know Nashville proper, as soon as you get outside of the crazy, although the crazy can be fun, and once you get out into the countryside, it's a beautiful, beautiful area. It's really gorgeous there, uh, and I like the, I like the food, I like the area. So I think I would say a week in Nashville, but not right, not right in the thick of a downtown. Um, one thing you are neglecting to remember, and I think this is a deciding factor, at least for me, that Santa Uh Barbara has wine tasting rooms that you can walk to from your hotel and numerous of them. And you can just walk, walk to the wine tasting. See, this is more me though, because I do like a beach (laughs) so I can go and I can lay on the beach for a few hours and then I can go back and shower and then just mingle amongst the wine tasting rooms and then stumble to dinner. And I feel like that, that that's more my vibe though. I give up, the, but I give up the wine tasting rooms, but see, I'm not as much of a beach person as you are. Right, so right. So give me some green mountains and trees and forest, and that's what you get in Nashville. And I'm sure I can find some moonshine somewhere without too much effort. And it's, if you miss there, my house is only four hours away. <laughs> We've exactly. got a fair amount go. of <laughs> You can help me out with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's actually, I take that back. There is a, not that I take that back because I obviously have moonshine at my house. There is a moonshine tasting room in Nashville that you and I can go to next week. I know exactly how to get there. Um, <gasps> and it is, it's. So wait, it's, we're going to have chicken. We also have, we have the, the Hattie Bees and the Princes for the crown of the crown. And then we have whiskey and we also have to try, we've been recommended something by the good folks oh, at Nissan. Oh, that's right. The pho place. The pho place, which um, Dan at Nissan swears is the best pho that I will have, I think, in the country. He's, he's sold it pretty hard. So if it fails, it's going to be all his fault. He's going to hear about it. Okay. Well, you and I, we'll, we'll have to save the drinking until after we're done driving, to be clear. Yes, most definitely. Um, but no, this this moonshine place is... Um, I forget what they call it. it. It's in the Motor Works building. I know exactly where it is. Um, it's where they have, um, it's Antiques Archaeology. I don't remember the name of the, the American Pickers people have a store there. It's in that oh. building. Um, okay. But they, it's kind of cheesy, but they have like, I swear to God, a hundred different types of moonshine you can try. Those um, are so fun to try. All those ridiculous flavors. They give me oh, teeny, yeah. teeny, teeny, weedy little cups. Yeah. Yeah. This, not as teeny of a cup as you'd think. Um, <laughs> it's a solid offering. Um, <laughs> I enjoy it though. And there's also different whiskey tasting there. It's, but the, this motor, motor works area that they have, it's an old, it's an old auto factory. Um, oh, that's, yeah, that's in kind Nashville. of on brand. We should go there. Yeah. Yeah. It's like five minutes away from Broadway. It's, it's worth it. It's worth a go if you're in Nashville. Anyway, but that'll be part of it. Last question for you. Yes. What is the best pumpkin product that they offer in the autumn? They being the, the greater best, world, the the greater universe, or the greater I think universe, one pumpkin product in the entire universe. Correct. Does it have to be something that only comes out in the fall? Because some pumpkin products are available all year round. 
Just it, pumpkin product. It will we'll just whatever pumpkin whatever any time of year I don't know but it's especially tasting the fall because sometimes things taste different depending on the season like yes. peppermint any yeah. time of the year doesn't taste right like necessarily it's good but like if you have peppermint in winter mm-hmm. yeah it's perfect so okay well I am a big pumpkin spice latte fan sorry for all of you that want to hate on me that a PSL is is tasty eats um but the favorite thing that you find everywhere for me I think in the fall is pumpkin muffins because each one is a little bit different. You have pumpkin muffins with icing. Sometimes you have like a streusel. Sometimes they have cream cheese in them. Sometimes they have a combination of those things. And every one is a little bit different. The one you get at Dunk's, not the same as the one that you get at Starbucks, not the same as the one that you get down at our local place here in Nashua at Bonhoeffer's or Buckley's, our little bakeries. Every one is different. So it's like this endless variety of pumpkin muffin, pumpkin muffins to try everywhere. So I think the muffins are my favorite thing. And I never get them unless it's fall. Like it's always a fall thing. I get that. It's better. Do you have to wear like boots and a, and a vest in order to go in? Like you're like, this, yeah. if it's sweater weather, it's time for pumpkin. Exactly. I wear the riding boots, a long sleeve shirt and a puffy vest. It's, it's required, right? It is. It is. <laughs> There's some sort of a stylish hat you also have to have on, but that's only if you're in the South. I think you don't yeah, have I'm to have that South. in the East. Yeah, yeah, we forgo the hat. If it's particularly chilly, you get the little knit beanie thing with a stupid pom-pom on top. Um, that's also <laughs> optional if the weather's cold enough, but sometimes in October, it's not that cold. <laughs> so, so fun fact, I have a small head relative, I guess, to the rest of the population. And so in order to have a beanie that fits me, I have to buy a child size. Oh, so my, my, my beanies have small beanies on them, small little pom poms because they're meant for kids. And I, one point and I was in college and I like needed a hat cause I went to college in Buffalo. It's cold. Right. And I it needed a cold. hat. And so I ran into like old Navy or something. And I was like, I just like, I just bought it cause I was going to be dry. It was cold. Anyway, I didn't really look at it. I thought it just had one pom pom on it. It ended up being one of those little kids ones that has like the two pom poms, like little horns off the side. I looked like a ju- Please tell me stupid. You still have that? <laughs> I don't. I looked. I think I wore it once and threw it away. I had like a stupid little elf thing going on, and it was one of those things where it was like a snowstorm. I had to get to class. It was like twenty miles to class, maybe fifteen. Anyway, and I was like, I might have to dig out the car, so I need something because Dad taught me to be prepared, and yes. I wore that stupid beanie to to um dig out my car after i parked it all day and i just i'll never forget it but also like i will never you wish you buy could. a beanie again without fully examining it because <laughs> to find it exactly like, what it I is i look like a stupid christmas elf the whole time <laughs> <laughs> but anyway okay so i will say wrap this up if you're on delta airlines and you're flying this fall and if they bring this back i don't know if they do but they have a little pumpkin roll that they will serve with your meal on Delta. And it is Ooh. delicious. It is one of the best pumpkin rolls I have ever had. So if they really? offer it to you, do not turn it down. Take, Take your little pumpkin, pumpkin roll. roll. I feel like that's pretty much the rule though. Unless you hate pumpkin, when they offer you pumpkin flavored stuff in the fall, say yes. Most I generally places. only like a pumpkin roll. I actually had this conversation with my dad when I was up there this week. Pumpkin roll is, pumpkin the, roll? Is, is, is like my thing. And I think it's because it's an equal amount of cream and, and breada, breada bread breading i don't know pastry 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 words are hard today um yeah so so i think that's what i like i like the even spread because i'm not a huge like pumpkin flavor fan i love pumpkin pumpkin's the best i need to love pumpkin pumpkin. all right so i had a pumpkin bagel for breakfast this morning there you go (laughs) (laughs) 
And there you have it. All right. So and there you have it. We are going to, you are going to New Hampshire. What are you, or not, you're going to Vermont. What are you doing in Vermont next week? Um, It's a defender drive. So it's like this competition. It's a one day competition. It's just going to be media. If this, this is something that owners can participate in, but this is not the owner one. And when the owners participate in it, there's actual high stakes stuff that you can get. Um, we are just media. So we're just hoping to not flip a defender, which I think will be really hard to do because it's an off-road vehicle. So uh, yeah, I'm going to go up there. We're going to tromp around. They have like a school in Vermont. Like you, people can go and take anybody can go and take classes up there to learn how to off-road and it's the Land Rover folks that run it and this is just sort of like a special event that they're doing um and it's this one's a media event and because it's in my backyard they asked if I'd like to come and I said yes fantastic so you're going there we're going to meet in Nashville to do the Toyota Crown Drive I will mm-hmm. also be in Santa Barbara driving the new Honda CRV which I'm excited about I, I it's weird to be excited about a CRV, but I, I've heard it's much improved, and that is a good thing for the Honda yes. buying crowd because yes, it is. The last generation was not great, though they sold a ton of them. So, all right, so we will talk about that the next time we come back. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you later. See ya. Bye.